What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Look and Talk that starts now. I'm your man, Victor. Welcome to another edition of the Look and Talk podcast. This is episode 159. This is the final time I'm going to record in the city of Jacksonville, ladies and gentlemen, because the big news is your boy is going home to Tampa. And you know what? I'm happy about it. But some things, I hate to start off the episode like this. But uh, I had some guests to bear with me because I got to start off the episode like this. There's some things I learned while here. The number one thing I learned is that no matter how old you get, is your parents will still take care of you. Your parents will still go hard for you. So shout out to my mama. Um, shout out to the husband. Shout out to everybody that was still going hard for you no matter how old you get. Mm-hmm. My mama took COVID personally. When, when your boy got it, mama took COVID personally. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to mama for that. You know what I'm saying? The second thing I learned is that no matter how much you know somebody, sometimes people just will show you that they really act like you don't exist, you know, and sometimes you just have to forgive them, you know what I'm saying? To those people, just know you have one job, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not going to have no bitterness towards you, but no, you know who you are. You had one job. The third thing I learned is people will still be bitter with you, even with even even though it seems like things are going well, but they'll still put on like, oh, I'm not into you. You know what I'm saying? So you always got to be mindful of things. Another thing, people, if you're going to do something, do it from your heart or don't do it at all. Because I hate to hear, oh, you just broke because I had to pay for a date or two. No. If you're not going to do it from your heart, I'm okay with splitting checks. You know what I'm saying? If you're not going to do it from your heart. And the fourth thing I learned is if you're done with somebody, tell that person you're done with them before you bring them to the family. Uh, Because if they bring them to the family, we low-key courting you, you know what I'm saying? That's a part of the courting process. That's what some people don't realize. But you know what? I I saw this to say I'm leaving it here because I'm moving on. A new chapter. I can't go to the new chapter with bitterness. So I had to take this first couple minutes to go on a crazy rant, which I normally don't do. But now, without further ado, I got to bring on my guest today. She is the lady, Helen, from the city that's known as the Gateway to the West. Helen from St. Louis, Missouri. She is the host of the Annoyed But Offended podcast. It's Sydney. She's returning the favor because she truly had yours truly on her podcast a couple of weeks ago. But let's welcome Sydney to Look and Talk. Thank you for having around with me, Sydney. How you doing today? Hello. Hi, guys. I'm excited to be here and be a guest on the episode. I always enjoy talking and having discussions with everybody. So to be here is super duper excited. I'm ready to get in some liquor talks. You know, I made myself a drink to prepare for this episode. So I'm really ready to just put it out on the table. Let's get it. Yes, I'm ready to put some things out on the table. I was drinking a little earlier today. So that's <laughs> I'm, I'm a little good right now. You know, <laughs> we record this on Tuesday. So I did take some shots before I recorded. So to I tell like myself that. that this is really the end, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it sucks when you set expectations for people and people find a way to let you down. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I know you probably done had your experiences with men and uh, down with experiences. And it's just like, it sucks when people just, they, they find a way to let you down instead of working things out with you or giving you the opportunity to work things out. You know what I'm saying? Because, and also it sucks when people just don't have you back. Agreed. Agreed. But I feel like one thing about me that I have grown into is just being a person that is so reliable and 
forthcoming with information. I feel like I only attract people that are and that it's just the same way as me. So I haven't had to deal with those issues recently, but I have ran into some people. I'm like, you know what? It just ain't flowing. It ain't working. And, you know, it's always best to just cut those people off. As hard as it is, they just go weigh you down. Yes, it is, especially, especially, um, no offense to the people that got kids, but there's some people that have kids that will find a way to weigh you down. And another thing I forgot to mention, before you start judging someone else about their lifestyle and trying to tell somebody what they're not equipped for, how about you have your shit together if you're gonna Woo! hurt somebody else, you know what I'm saying? It's so many people that just don't. Huh? What's up? I said it's just so many people that don't. It's crazy. It's like we're all struggling this thing. It's like we're in a whole pandemic and it's like people will sit there and watch your pockets and stuff. And I'm like, is it really like that? Is it really that hard to be a blessing to somebody? I guess so. I know for me, um, with everything going on, I've just tried to be more mindful. And I know it's funny enough, I was telling somebody about how my grandmother has this saying all the time, like, you know, if you got certain stuff, don't complain about it. Just go on because you got a lot more than other people do. So I've just learned then if I can't be a blessing to somebody, let me just stay out the way. Agreed. And also, and I've also learned is if you're going to be a blessing to somebody, do it in silence. Don't boast about it. You know what I'm saying? Don't boast about it in arguments. And it's like, because what you don't realize is if that person doesn't turn out to be a blessing to you, life is going to get them back. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if you give the person opportunity to be a blessing to you, more times than I said, they will return the favor and match the energy. And some people, they just don't realize that. And it's sad. Yeah, it really is sad. Um, and even then, I think a lot of people do have this thing like, okay, I got to get back at this person. Okay, I have to prove something. When in reality, just move on with your life. That's what you prove. You prove that at the end of the day, you got other shit to worry about. Yes, yes. And it's like, that's what I told myself. It's like, a lot of people... Y'all, the relationships I've done with, like, some people that my college buddies, I might be able to, you know what, by the time homecoming gets here, I've been smoothed it over, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but there are some people that they just ain't going to welcome back, you know what I'm saying? Because, and another thing, if you're going to slide somebody's DMs, talking about something I want to show you right when you get here, have that energy, that, that same energy when the person gets there, you know what I'm saying? Don't introduce yourself to somebody if you're not going to make the effort, you know what I'm saying? Because too many people do this, and it's crazy. People do that a lot, but I think, too, just with COVID and stuff, people are so bored. So, and realizing they're so unfulfilled in certain aspects of their life, they're just doing random stuff. So, I like when people do that, you can kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, oh. you know, you kind of give them, don't give them an inch, because, you know, they're going to take a mile. But more so, like, well, you know, if this person says this, we'll see. If they don't do it, that's on them. It's fine. But if they do, okay. That's like one point extra toward whatever it is we have going on, whether you're a friend or it's like romantic or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just how I deal with people. Yeah, and I feel you on that. And it's like, because one thing about me is if, if the shoe was on the other foot, if I'm going to tell you, hey, if I saw your DMs like, hey, when you come to my city, I'm going to show you around. Better believe I'm going to follow up with you to make sure that mm -hmm. go ahead, I'm laying my word. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. you, you have your word, and that's what most people need to realize is if you your word is your bond, and if you break that bond. People don't care. 
people do not care. There are so many people who would just agree to stuff and I'm this, I'm that. Then when it comes time for them to actually show that, it's like, okay. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why it then gets to the point where I look at them like, once I get to the next point, I'll look at them like, you had one job. You had one job. That's it. And I feel like you can to an extent have people like that, but mm, I feel like people just be going through stuff. And at certain times, it's probably just best if you went through whatever on your own and left me out of it. Agreed. And also, the thing about me is I'm flexible. I, I'm an understanding person. But it's like, if you let me know what's going on, then cool. But if you just, just go, go, ghost. Once somebody gets here, that's a completely different story. Like, if you're going through something, then tell me. Maybe I might be able to minister to you, to enlighten you, to help you fight the battle, but people just don't get that. They don't. And it's crazy because, again, like we said, you think people would be forthcoming with this information. And, you know, if they go talk the talk, they go walk the walk. But people seldomly do. There are a few people that do, but... It's seldom that people do that. And sometimes you just have to be a walking example. You yes. have to just put forth that energy on your own. So whatever else comes about, it's like, I already know I'm solid. So it is what it is. You definitely mm -hmm. know you're always solid, you know. So now let's talk to you a little bit. Tell me about the Annoyed but, um, uh, Not Offended podcast. Mm -hmm. So my podcast, Annoyed Not Offended, I basically have conversations with a lot of people who are friends, acquaintances, and we get into these topics that can be somewhat annoying. And we have very unoffensive conversations about them, whether it's somebody who is bisexual. Um, we've had color. We have we've had conversations on colorism. Even just recently, I did an episode with my friends where we talked about, you know, privacy versus secrecy in relationships and how we have the aspect of social media now and people are like, well, should I post my significant other or should I not? And then some people are like, well, I'm not posting them because, you know, I keep my life private. I don't need anybody knowing about my life. But then they're posting on social media 24 7 so it's like something is not aligning there so we get into discussions like that i have three segments my first segment is fed up or fucked up where i have my guests come on and they just talk about their week and like what pissed them off because i feel like what better way to get to know somebody than learn about what gets under their skin um then we get into the main topic of the episode, which is the Make It Make Sense segment. Um, and lastly, we have the You Are Drove, which tends to be like a news story about somebody doing something that they knew they had no damn business doing and they got caught up in some sort of way. So that's pretty much the premise of my episodes. I just love to have guests on to share personal stories, their own experiences. I feel like I'm a talker. I love talking to people. So when I can bring them about to like, Enjoy the conversation. I love doing that. Um, Victor, you were on for an episode where I talked about the ongoing debate between HBCUs versus yes. PWIs with Candy um, of the Pull Up podcast, which was great. But even then, you guys being there as HBCU alum and me with my PWI perspective, we just talked about like, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what our experiences and our own connections to those universities, 
black students have to make the decision that's best for them. But again, it's an, it's an annoying ass conversation because you see so many people pick up all of these negative connotations about each side. It's like at the end of the day, none of that matters. Kids are still going out there to get an education. Yes, that's definitely what that's that's the main thing I got from our conversation we had is like the at the end of the day, you're you're a black person, you're getting educated. That's the big W, whether it's a predominantly white institution or mm-hmm. a black school, you know what I'm saying? Because not too many of our black people are going to get educated. They're not going um, to higher education to do things with their life. They're just kind of just staying in their city and probably making babies and making them. Well, that, and they just don't have the opportunities. Because even then, when you think about all of the people that you went to college with, that you started off with, that fell off just due to financial reasons, personal reasons, family, not supporting them, you know, it's a lot. So when you actually see students who are able and continuing to strive and push forward, you still have to support them. You can't be like, well, I'm not supporting them because they go to HBCU, so they probably just partying. Like, no, there are plenty of students that have come out of HBCUs and done great things. There are plenty of students that have gone to PWIs and they're not you know, kissing ass to white people or anything of that sort. So you just have to keep those things in mind. And again, when I have my guests on, I love touching that aspect of not so much. I don't have to have people to agree with me in certain ways, but again, just to fuel that conversation and realize you don't have to be offensive when you're getting across certain points, you know? Agreed. And that's the one thing I wished um, a lot of predominantly white students, the um, um, students that um, went to predominantly white institutions would get. It's like, you don't have to be offensive all the time. You know what I'm saying? We still black people at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? We still got to ride or die for each other no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I do remember like a lot of my college days, it would always be the black predominantly white um, the students that went to PWS who always had something negative to say about my HBCU, but yet Someday I says wound up at homecoming. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to your last podcast, what well, I, I was listening to, I checking out. It was a good episode, and I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm about to be the point where I'm old school because I really feel like once you post somebody, that person's DMs are gonna go up because for some reason, people are always attracted to people that are always taken, but the single people don't get no love. I feel like it should just go in form like with what my friend Sayla said, as far as it, however, however you post it prior to being in a relationship, that cadence should follow you in a relationship. So if you not posting, that's completely fine. Just not post. We already get that. But if you're a person who post, 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 share, 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 and somehow, some way, people aren't getting that you're in a relationship, it's just a little bit like odd. Because again, I don't feel like, like me personally, just thinking about me, my own relationships that I have with people, it's not so much of an ownership thing, but if I'm with somebody and I feel like I'm enjoying this time with them and this person is just making me happy, I share about a whole bunch of other shit that makes me happy. Why can't I post them, you know? And even without social media, people still cheated and snuck around and did. Stuff, so I don't feel like that would hold them back. And you know the type of person you're with. If you're posting them and you know they're unfaithful, it's going to happen. But if you're with somebody and you're posting them, but they're fairly faithful, then go with that. 
Yeah, I guess basically, basically you really have to know your person before you post them or decide not to post them. So that's basically what I'm, that's basically what it is. You really just, it comes down to do you trust this person or not? And, and more people, and what I'm finding out is it's just, I don't know what it is, but it's being so glorified today that being the side person with stuff, I'm like, y'all people really out here love being the side people. I don't yeah. know. Now, true. I can see aspects of that where people are a lot more open of seeing these other people. But my thing is, I just don't get why more people don't have like, like, like open relationships to a degree. Because a lot of people like women, I don't know if you saw this video, but I forgot her name. Her name was like Megan. She used to be on the um, reality show Bad Girls Club. But she gained a lot of her popularity popularity from there and um she was on another show recently and she dates predominantly athletes nfl players nba players and she was saying how like oh you know i will give my man a pass for cheating because most of the men i date are wealthy and they take care of me so i'm sure another woman would see them and want to sweep them up so as long as he doesn't allow her to approach me or come at me crazy or bring me home any sort of like sexually transmitted disease or anything like that, then I guess he get a, he gets a pass. And so I was like, if you know all of this girl, why wouldn't you want to go see other people too? <laughs> that That's exactly what I was thinking. She got to be seeing it. That's what I'm thinking. She has to be seeing other people. But There's she's not. She wasn't. She just like, oh, I'm going to let him do that. But then I'm just going to be waiting for him because he know where home at and i'm like why not why wouldn't y'all both just see other people while simultaneously like being together yeah why not just have the open relationship dynamic of it it's just like when we in town we together but when we're not in town then it's free game it's i feel like you have that dynamic but people just not telling you about it i don't know why but it's crazy. But how did you come up with the name of your podcast? Annoyed, not offended. Um, good question. So, <laughs> with the name of my podcast, I just wanted something that would grab people's attention while also getting into the premise of what it could be about. So, again, going back to it, all of my discussions are about very annoying topics, but in a but in an unoffensive light. So when I bring my guests on, I have these discussions, you know, again, everybody comes with their own perspective, but I feel like never at any point in time is anybody going to be disrespectful or just flat out ignorant. And I try to do my own research before going into different conversations just because, you know, I don't know everything. Why not come into it? And even if I know certain stuff, why not even come more informed? So again, I like to have these conversations People have given me great feedback as far as certain discussions like, well, you know, I really didn't know that or I didn't think about it in that light. So I'm like, OK, that's really good that people are even picking up on that and paying attention to that. That's real. That's real. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Look and Talk. The more you drink, the better I sound. So go ahead, pour mm -hmm. it up if you haven't done so already. So talk to me about growing up in St. Louis. Now, how did that help you to form your voice and, and to help you um, with your podcast? Okay, so the Midwest, St. Louis, you know, one thing I can say about St. Louis, if you do not learn how to stand up and talk back to people or, you know, speak for yourself, 
people will try their best to speak over you and talk for you. So growing up here, you know, in the Midwest in general, people overlook the Midwest. When people talk about black culture in a lot of ways, people talk about the East Coast, the South, or the West Coast. So the Midwest is already overlooked in a lot of ways. So we've had to formulate our own ways and branch into all of these industries and speak up and show for ourselves. So I feel like that's one thing that I just had to do myself. And I've always been a person who likes to be informed. I love keeping up with pop culture, you know, what's going on in the news, even then, what's going on in black culture, what's going on in our community just staying abreast to, their, to certain trends and topics. So I had wanted to do a podcast for like a really long time. Even when I was in college, I had the discussion with my friends and it just kind of like came and went like, oh, we should do a podcast. I love our conversations. I feel like we have a lot to share, but we never got around to it. So with COVID, I was like, oh, I want to do a podcast and I signed up for a class and kind of formulated the idea. And um, two, one thing I can say about St. Louis, we have a really, really, really great community of content creators and people who are creative. So think about cinematographers, photographers, actual artists, rappers, singers. Like we have a lot of talented people here. So even in my past years of being able to network with them and use them as a resource, that has even helped me. Um, because I've had like a lot of different people on my show who are from St. Louis. So even recently for um, 314 Day, which is March 14th, which is a day we celebrate because that is our area code 314. I brought on a few friends on my podcast who work in journalism, they work in music, they also work in education and with youth. And we had the discussion about our own city, like, you know, what do we love? What do we want to change? You know, what annoys the hell out of us about certain things that happen here? Um, so I'm proud to be from St. Louis. I love where I'm from. However, there are certain things I wish I could change and just me using my voice to kind of highlight different areas as well as my own unique experience um, is something that I've used a podcast to do. That's real. That's real. Speaking of things uh, St. Louis probably want to change is now, how did the whole what happened with Ferguson affect you when that all went down? So. I don't even live that far from Ferguson. So the fun, the crazy thing about St. Louis is like for people who are not from St. Louis, we have St. Louis City and we have St. Louis County. But within St. Louis, we have all of these different municipalities. So if anybody was to ever visit, they can already let you know. Like I was in one area and I saw a police car say one thing and I drove five minutes and I saw a whole nother name. So when you're crossing like across these little uh, municipalities, they change so quickly. So I grew up in this area called Spanish Lake, like Bell Fountain, North County, St. Louis, predominantly like suburbs. We're about 30 minutes from St. Louis City, like downtown. Um, and Ferguson, Florissant, that area is only like a good 10 minutes from my house. So when all of that was taken into account, it was almost surreal. I was getting ready to go to college. So it was in August of 2014. And it was just crazy turning on the news and seeing people like out there protesting, you know, speaking up. And in a lot of instances, we got all this bad 
flack because you know like people are coming in from all of these top tier news outlets sharing this information that was somewhat untrue because some of the people that were rioting and like jumping on police cars doing a whole bunch of crazy shit just being really rowdy weren't even from here these were certain people just coming in to cause a ruckus and unfortunately one thing i can say about ferguson is we've lost so many activists just to these like mysterious deaths and i am not as informed about all of the little details but it's super duper sketchy and scary just to think about how much these people put into the movement because you know when I think about Black Lives Matter, I think about Ferguson. Like, well, I feel like it did start with Trayvon Martin in Florida. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Ferguson, it was just heightened even more so. Because that at that point in time, people were like, what is this? Like, we're sick and tired of this. We already know what's happening. Like, why can we not speak up about this? What can be done? And there were so many different people coming to the city, activists. Um, th there were some people who were actually trying to lend a hand, but then again, there were some people just coming here to cause ruckus, not really doing anything. And then St. Louis as, as itself, um, we already have issues with segregation. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but we have a um, street called Del Mar. And most people know about the street of Del Mar is that on one side is like, people who make a whole bunch of money, probably around six figures, beautiful houses, bringing all this wealth. It's not super gentrified, but they still, it's like old money. When you think about people having money, it's like older money. Then on the other side of the street, poverty, people who are like in section eight housing, things of that sort. So they talked about like the Del Mar divide. So we know of the things that happen here and the things that have taken place against black people. Um, so when Ferguson happened, people here were just sick and tired. And again, you know, like I said before, the Midwest always gets overlooked. And people are like, nah, y'all not about to overlook this. This is ridiculous. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because now it's like now I'm thinking about seven years later. Now we got another city in the Midwest and Minneapolis is in the news again. And it's just uh, sometimes I'm starting to think these people must think we're playing dumb or something. Because I know you heard the story about the lady who shot the who shot the man who was saying, um, "Oh, I was reaching for my taser," but you pull out a fucking gun. It's the same story with these police officers. I don't understand it, and I never will. And even the whole blue lives matter thing to me makes no fucking sense. It's because just a counter. That is a profession. Black Lives Matter is about a, a race of people. We are black. People who are police officers, they take off a uniform. You don't know what they are. That is a profession. Mm -hmm. I can't take off my black skin, my kinky hair, any of that. Like, none of that. So when people say this stuff, it, like, makes no sense. And even with the whole all lives matter thing, that's, like, even worse than blue lives matter because it's, like, what are you bringing awareness to? If all lives matter, then why are black people still being predominantly targeted by the police? Yeah, if all lives matter. And why is it that black people are not getting justice for this? And also, why is it that y'all want to arrest a black person for doing their job questioning and politicians? But remember that? Remember when they stormed the Capitol? How none of those people got arrested? But Tom, that was planned. 
The, first yeah. of all, a majority of the people that were there in the insurgents that they wanted to call them, these people work in positions where they're making decisions, whether it be lawyers, healthcare workers. I know they were talking about how some women got fired because they were nurses and the hospitals found out that they were there. Like at the end of the day, how they try to normalize these people. These people are monsters. It's utterly ridiculous. It makes no sense. And our country is just so like we're, we're, we've we've built so much on systemic racism that as people are trying to dismantle the system and overcome all of these years to oppression, it's like you have to get through the layers of it first because it's not it one really layer. Is. It's so deep. It's crazy. It's really is, and it's and so many people say, "Oh, it's like that." It's, that's how it is. That, that's how they designed the system. The system is doing what it was designed to do. And it's just yeah. it was designed to keep us down, and it's, it's showing its ugly head, and it's it's getting ridiculous, you know. It is. It's getting like out of control. But even now, it's like, how much more can we even put our foot down? Like I don't know. We've been we tried to change so much, raise so much money, draw so much awareness. But at the end of the day, if the people who are not who are inflicting the pain upon us are not changing their minds, then it's like, what can we do? At this point, it's just it don't make any sense to us. At this point, we just got to live our lives and hope for the best, and always protect ourselves and be mindful of our surroundings. And it's just and and hope for the best. You know what I'm saying? I hope that we don't wind up with the crazy cop. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I know people are quick to say, but not all cops are bad. It's like, but them good cops know about the damn bad cops. And it's like some of them. I've heard stories how they always protecting one another. And if if the cop like protects. A good cop from a good cop protects a bad cop. The good cop get fired. I'm just like, you know what? This shit don't. But even then, who has time to figure out if a police officer is good or bad? If I am a black person and I have gotten stopped by the police, or I'm out and I see a police officer, what do I have? Like, what is my time limit to even try to assess my situation? Is this person good or bad? Because I feel like in most cases where Unfortunately, people who are no longer with us tried to do that. It didn't work out in their favor either. Mm -hmm. No, because by the time they're trying to figure out that cop already drew the gun out. Like, I'm like, for what? And even I saw videos of just random traffic stops, and it's just like they already got their gun out. But yet these shooters, people shooting up places, oh, because they had a bad day, they bring them in alive. Or it's some kind of mental, something mental with them. Some of these shooters, they coming in alive. Look on the got the because they know because the shooters are white. These are white people. This is so ridiculous. And then there are some white folks that just don't get it. And it's crazy. But what I feel like white people are never going to get it unless they put forth an effort to get it. And they have repercussions. And there is some sort of like, you know. Um again, a repercussion for them. There's never been any repercussion for white people and some of the things that they've inflicted upon any of the races, whether it's a black person, um, an Asian person, Hispanic person, even native people. I literally just saw something on social media where they were talking about, I believe in Alaska or Canada, but um, one group that's like an animal activist group, they were trying to do all of this stuff about like, you know, 
protecting sea lions and a few of these other um, like um, ocean creatures. And one of the native women was saying, like, you know, at the end of the day, they can think they're protecting the animals, but the people who actually live here and use the animals as a resource, they don't even have opportunities to go to other resources. You know, a lot of these people are living off of the land because that's all they've been taught. And the government doesn't come in and assist them or anything like that. So they can't move. They can't go to a grocery store like some of the people that have came in and taking up space and gentrified different things have done. And it's crazy. And that that's that's a crazy scenario that people come in and try to be activists or something, but not know the whole story. And people, I feel like people just, before you step up and do something, you need to do your research, you need to do your homework. If people are using these for their benefits and they don't know nothing else, and you're not trying to teach them, and the government ain't trying to help them, just back off, you know what I'm saying? And it's sad that some people, they will go harder for the animals than they do to black people. It's sad. People will. They they will. Even when they show, I remember, what year was that? I don't know, are you familiar? You, do you know, who, you know who Peter is, right? Yeah, Peter, yeah. I forgot which year this was, but I think it was around the time when they were having the um, stuff with like Colin Kaepernick um and just like the back and forth does he have a contract does he not and all the other athletes were kneeling in support of him PETA released a commercial during Super Bowl where they had the animals kneeling and people are like no <laughs> PETA is still heard about the whole Michael Vick situation even though Michael Vick went above and beyond you know what Michael, for a dog and you know what? I am not going to say people shouldn't harm animals because I don't think people should. I don't agree with that. But like you said, this man served his time mm -hmm. above and beyond. And this was a dog. Whereas these other people that have afflicted all this other pain on people slap on the wrist. Yeah. Um, it's like slap on the wrist. Oh, you get fired from this jurisdiction, you just mm -hmm. go right over to the next county over. And it's it's sad that it's we crazy. have to deal with this. It is. It is. We just have to continuously endure, endure, endure. And it's like, when when exactly does this end? Where is the light in the tunnel when it comes to this? And it's crazy. And then, and then it's like they want um, people, black people with money just to shut up about it. No. No, black. Yeah, at the end of the day, I don't. I don't think a million, five million dollars is going to bring anybody's loved one back. It's not. It's not. You cannot put no dollar amount on that person. You know what I'm saying? Now, now this, now this person got somebody might have to grow up without a dad. You know what I'm saying? Or a mom because you were having a bad day, or you just or even not even so much even the person having to grow up and have a bad day. Sometimes all of that stress that is inflicted upon their families causes like premature aging and premature death. Like um I know with Eric Garner, his daughter, I believe she passed from like a heart attack because she was literally like out on the front lines asking for justice for her father. But she was just so stressed out and so torn and heartbroken, she literally died. Wow. That that right there is heartbreaking, you know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't wish that on nobody for them to die because of the stress that 
um, was caused by my death, you know, it's. And even with um, another example, uh, Khalif Broner. Yeah. Was taken to Rikers, you know, and how he was just assessed and thrown in jail with no evidence. And they just gave him the guilty charge and he didn't even have enough money to get a lawyer and everything. When he was released from jail and he was going through like all of PTSD that PTSD so. and everything else, when he did commit suicide, I believe not long after his mother passed too, just because she had been so heartbroken and so stressed out of even trying to raise awareness about what had happened to him, fighting for him to get out and for, for him to be out and still be able to tell his story. Like people just don't realize how much of a generational impact these deaths have on people. They really don't. And it's sad that they don't. And people, y'all need to do your research on that because it affects everybody when one person dies. You know what I'm saying? So if you haven't already, just take time to don't take people for granted because life is definitely short. So we definitely got to take each other for granted because you never know how someone's death will impact you. You know what I'm saying? Because that's something that you just don't recover from. And like Sydney just said, it might cause you to die sooner. Yeah. It's really crazy, y'all. Thank you all for listening to Look and Talk. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit subscribe. Go ahead and hit the like. Um, go ahead and hit play, you know what I'm saying? And if you got anything you want us to cover, let us know, you know what I'm saying? And also, thank you to my guests for being here today. Now, let's get a little lighter note, you know what I'm saying? Let's deal with, did you see these damn Usher bucks? <laughs> yes, hilarious. Usher is hilarious because where did you find these, sir? Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, you know what? I support the naked hustle. You know what I'm saying? I support any hustle, any person out here getting it. I support them. I would hate to see that. You know what I'm saying? They working their hard day and they getting Usher bucks. Like, you can't even get the real dollars. Like, what the fuck can you do with the damn Usher bucks? First of all, Usher is hilarious because wasn't it? Didn't he say um he they weren't intentionally thrown? when they went to the supposed strip club, it was just that they were left behind and the people assumed that that was additional money. Is that, was that the story that's being said? Cause I've read a little bit about it, but I haven't read that much. Like I've seen people send me the stories, but what's the exact like thing? Did he go out and really throw them? Some people are saying he was really throwing them. That's why some strippers were getting on social media and going off on them. I'm like, in this economy, Usher, you should be throwing real damn money. Nobody has time to play. I would be yeah. on social media going the hell off, contacting lawyers, everybody. Because there's no what? way, Usher. And as hard as strippers work, strippers work hard. They do. They do. They, they do. Imagine, imagine you up here performing and stuff, and you going hard, and all of a sudden people just say, "Here, he go, his Usher bucks or some fake money." I'm like, or even an Usher, you are an entertainer, much like these young ladies are. Imagine you have a concert, and you are supposed to be making fifty k. You know, it's a little concert, and you walk off stage, and they hand you some damn Monopoly money. What would you do, Usher? You'll be filing lawsuits so fast. Because what? 
Right. I hope Usher, I hope Usher did the right thing and sent him some money. Just you know what I'm saying? I, I hope he does the right thing and send him some actual money, you know what I'm saying? Unless Usher broke. I hope Usher is not broke. <laughs> All them damn classic hits he got, there's no way in hell he should be broke, man. You'd be surprised. People do not. There are so many celebrities who it's not so much they don't manage their money, it's just so many different people touch their money. If you really don't have anybody paying attention for your greater good, people can get a lot away with a lot of stuff. I now I did read about this story today. Did you read the story? You know who um DJ Mustard is, the producer, right? Oh yes, yes. So apparently he hired somebody to be his personal shopper. And basically the girl's job would to be like go to Louis, um, Armani, Gucci whomever and pick up like him and his wife purchases or kind of suggest different purchases they should make and she was making he said like 6k a month but instead literally she was making she was supposed to make 6k a month just getting their purchases and being their shopper and he also let her put stylist in front of her name even though she wasn't a stylist to help build up a clientele of celebrities but apparently miss mama miss thing was stealing she was taking the credit card and racking up stuff for her. He's like, I have over literally, I literally have 150k charges to my card. Like, I don't even know how she probably racked up some other money. But he's like, why did you not think I wouldn't realize this? People, it's like people make the stupidest mistakes when they're criminals. It's like that's not even a mistake to me. Why would you not think? that this man is not going to find out about these purchases. And even then, for you to be spending that much money? It it don't make no damn sense. Like, you got six, you making 6K a month. That's 72000 a year just to pick somebody's stuff up. That's a fucking blessing right there. Yes. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I, I, I had it wrong. But she ran up the car of over $50,000. Man, I hope he sues the hell out of her, man. You know what I'm saying? And get his money back. You know what I'm saying? Because that's some scamming shit right there. You know what I'm saying? That's really the... That's somebody that's probably about that city girl's life. It's crazy. And I don't even know, like... But why would you do it in that way? That makes no sense. And even then, he posted their text messages and the girl's trying to apologize. She's like, I'm so sorry. I truly am sorry. I should have never gotten to this point. My temptation ran into greed. You 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 say I'm sorry after you done stole 50 grand? Man, if you don't take back all that shit, give me my money back. Basically... And he's like, you're doing this for who? Instagram? You bought all these clothes with my money that I work for. And I went out of my way to hire you because, one, you don't even have a background in this. You're trying to get your start. And you bite me on the ass like that. It's over. Yeah, that's, they always say you never bite the hand that feeds you. And doing dumb shit like that is definitely biting the hand that feeds you. Especially if you're trying to get started in something and someone looking out for you. And even, then, and even then, when you think about a field like that, like the fashion industry is already 
super hard for you to get into, to be a stylist, to be a shopper, whatever. And even then to build a celebrity clientele, if you don't come for money and you're not in that circle, you really have to break in. So for you to actually get a chance to be in that circle and have somebody hire you and you flip on them like this, the next person, they might not even hire somebody else because they're like, hell no, I don't want anybody else getting funny with my money or anything of that sort. And I know some people were even saying, I haven't seen the story, but they said they read a similar thing that happened with um, the comedian Kevin Hart. He had a personal shopper and they were stealing from him. So I guess bottom line is when we get uh, when we touch money, just do damn shopping. Right, I'm just go ahead and come straight to my house, or I will go back. Right. I already know. I'm about to have the shit come to my house. You know, what I'm saying I will talk to designer my damn self. You know, what I'm saying let me let me just handle this myself because it just goes to show you you cannot trust people because people really do have their best interests. You know, what I'm saying because especially people who don't come from nothing. You know. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, again, I'm guessing it's a selfish world, and you just I feel bad that it happens to them. But I just hope they learn from it. I hope they're more aware with their money and stuff. So she she's gonna have to be more aware or be ready to go to jail, because like you said, that man is going to be like, I want my money back. Why 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 would you take this money from me, not thinking I would want it back or there would be some sort of repercussion? Exactly, exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Liquor Talk. The more you drink, the better I sound. Let's get to the main topic because I know you've seen this on social media, how so many people will talk about, oh, I'm ready to date another race. So damn loud. They be so loud with it. But my question is, why? But now I got to get back to what are the benefits of black love? Because it's just so many people are just forgetting this. Okay. The benefits of black love? Yes. What are some what do you think are some benefits of black love? Because it's like I know one benefit is I can damn sure bring you around my family and be okay, you know what I'm saying? Because I know if I bring another race or something like that, they're gonna be looking at me sideways and they ain't gonna be the women in my family ain't gonna be too welcoming. Uh no, that's one thing I can say. I feel like you know, black people, funny enough, we are a very particular way. We, our our likes, our dislikes, our culture, we're very, um, I wouldn't say, it's not one size fits all, but we have a lot of common on um, events that have taken place in our lives and discussions and understand a lot of different things about each other. So in that aspect, I definitely do support Black love and just that level of comfortability um and just knowing to a degree a black man will have my back i feel like unlike an, another race of man will mm-hmm. um and even then though with black love we still have to get to the bottom of some things especially with black men because i do care about black men and i have black men in my family i've dated black men etc but the only thing is black men y'all have to re- realize at the end of the day you are still a man <laughs> And when you come to black women with certain discussions about things, we've endured that, if not 10 times more, just based on the aspect of being a woman as well. So with that, like you still have to have some sort of respect for black women at the end of the day. As a black man, 
you should want to cherish black women and love black women and don't come across with these sayings of i only date one brand of black woman like no we come in all shapes sizes colors etc if you cannot accept one of us then you can't accept all of us that that's definitely true it's like jay-z said in a song he said light skin dark skin still mm-hmm. nigga like i say like i had to quote his song from there because people don't realize that it's like we gotta accept all shades of color. It's like, especially, and there's some black women that are like, oh, I just want me a tall, dark man. Is this the dark chocolate? I'm like, okay, there's light skinned men out here too. But it's like, but what people need to realize is you might be able to get everything you want, but that person might treat you like crap. Whereas the other black men who might not be what you're thinking, they might give you the damn world. That's true, but my only thing with certain things especially with dating and stuff, you know what you like, go for that. At the end of the day, go for that. Don't lower your standards for anybody. Um, Don't feel like you have to even change yourself to meet the standard of person that you want. If you are like healthy, if you have common sense, if you know how much money you make, you bring in, you take care of stuff, you pay bills, then I don't feel like it's at all bad to ask for that or expect that out of a partner. And even then I feel like I get online and I get so tired of people posting about all of these hypothetical situations. If it hasn't happened to you, why does it matter? More than likely you won't be put in that situation. Even the whole conversation where people keep talking about, if I come out with you and your girlfriends, I'm not picking up the tab or I'm not paying for her. Why even fucking come? And more than likely you won't be invited. If somebody knows that you're like that. So. Exactly. And it's like, I feel like people don't know the situations. I think those are conversations you need to have with your spouse, not telling social media, you know what I'm saying? Not telling social media how you're feeling. It's like, and it's like, I felt that to a degree. It's like, I do feel like you're getting shamed. It's like, if you don't pay for it, but I feel like in that case, then you just need to need to go unless it's unless it's established amongst all parties of because I saw that same conversation you about as well that you're talking about. And I'm just like, I feel that way, but I wouldn't tell social media that because you know what that's gonna assume? They're gonna assume that you just broke and you just don't have money. And I don't even know if people assume that or people just like the back and forth and the just arguments that ensue because I mean, personally, you know people. Like, for me dating, I know the men that if I were to be out with a friend, I invite them to come that would pay and pick up the tab. And I also know the type of men that wouldn't pay and pick up the tab. And even then, I can say as a woman, if I'm out with my friends, I'm not even inviting a man. Like, if this is friend time, then we're going to be friends. If we go pick up men and talk and do all that other stuff, then it's going to be that. But... Yeah, I would not, even as man, I would not be trying to intervene on that time because I know I, when I want to hang out with the fellas, I'm not trying to tell you, have you tagging along because we all need that time with our with our boys and our, with our girls. And it's like, we need to have a life outside of that. Now, will mm-hmm. I now will I cash up you a dollar, a couple of dollars or two? Just, <laughs> just a drink or two? Yeah, I'll be like, hey, hey, get a drink on me. You know what I'm saying? Because you everything. that That's something I might do, you know what I'm saying? But... Mm-hmm. To pay for you and your homegirl, I'm like, okay, I don't know about that because I don't know the homegirl. And I'm like, where her man at? You know what I'm saying? Why he ain't paying for it? So, <laughs> <laughs> but 
I would say another benefit of um, black love is the black people, we really understand each other. The black woman understands us and the black men, we, we really understand what the hell we need. You know what I'm saying? If you find that right one, because the right one is going to understand what the hell you need. You know, Just talk. Make sure you talk with your partner. Don't just assume. I like so many people get in these relationships and assume people know stuff and assume it's this and it's that. Mm-hmm. If you have not had any sort of verbal discussion, then what agreement is there? Always. You know what? And I, and this is one thing I did learn, which I mentioned earlier, is you need to have that conversation with somebody before you bring them around your family. Because <laughs> you bring them around your family, your family are automatically going to think y'all are probably together or something like that. And it's like, I know me personally, if I definitely bring you, let you meet a woman in my family, I, I think highly of you. So mm-hmm. because... It's rare I bring people that are just on a friend level around family. So I really mm-hmm. think you definitely need to have conversations. You can't just assume. But I feel like it's easier to have those conversations with a, a person of color than another race. I, I can see it being like that. But, you know, there are some people who are in healthy relationships with people of different ethnicities and races. But, you know, they did have to have those dis- discussions about different things. and. It all depends on your interest and what type of person you are, because even though I would love, you know, I I do support black love and I want to be married to a black man. I would not limit my scope if somebody outside my race were to be interested in me and I'd be interested in them. I personally can't say if they were to approach me and there'd be some sort of like mutual attraction across the board, I'm going to be like, nah, you're not black. Uh, I'm I'm low key evolving, but it's just it's, it's hard because maybe you know, I pull out white. Now that's it. Maybe I could. I can't see myself dating somebody that's white, but ethnicities outside of white, like if somebody were to be Hispanic or Middle Eastern or something of that sort, maybe. Um, but I mean, I do. I prefer black men. And like I said, and me personally, I prefer black women because y'all the y'all are so fucking pretty. And it's like every day you log on to Instagram or social media, you'll see a brand new another one. I'm like, God damn, y'all well, are so, like well, you know, at the end of the day, black women, black people in general, we're always gonna be those trendsetters setting the standard, setting some sort of like forwardness. Like we always pick up and just make whatever unique, unique and pop it. It doesn't matter how old or new or whatever. We're bringing it back. Just like how all these white people was trying to get box braids and their hair was falling back. Baby, everybody can't wear box braids. Everybody's not meant to have French braids. Yeah, and also, there's, and everybody's not meant to cook like black people because it's like, <laughs> I be looking at y'all cooking methods. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I do not want to go to any barbecues and have potato salad with pecans and cranberries. I'm not trying to taste a damn fruit salad and a damn potato salad. Uh, I'm not trying to taste all this goddamn fruit. And there'll be people that put fruit in the coleslaw. I'm like, is you serious? Mm-mm. You gotta go home. You, there is a thing called a fruit salad, which specifically has fruit in it. Please. I ain't looking for fruit nowhere else. <laughs> I'm not looking for fruit. I'm not looking for you to sweeten up anything. No, <laughs> no, no. But like I said, at the end of the day, we just got to understand each other. And I really feel like with Black love, it's just, that's just the best understanding you're going to get. And mm-hmm. it's like, and if it's not with that one person, 
then I, w- I would really wish people just stop bashing our race, you know what I'm saying? Because black men and black women, we're so quick to just bash each other because that one person messes it up. Because if I could go on a bashing spree, Lord knows I would. But you know what? I tell myself I not to because it's just that one person. You feel me? It's, my thing is always, what do you get out of it? Exactly. You get What the hell you get out of saying, black men ain't this, niggas ain't shit. I'm like, well, have you looked at the kind of niggas you're choosing? Before you call all niggas ain't shit. Because now, I can shit. say though, in some instances, when people say niggas ain't shit, they really be talking about a specific brand of nigga. You just gotta follow up. You gotta say, wait, which niggas you talk about? Because we might be, we might have some commonality. We might, none of us might not like those niggas. So there's that. <laughs> Y'all say that, but then but then you wonder why them type of niggas end up with all these damn babies. Cause y'all say y'all don't like them, but well, I can't. The only thing I can say with that, though, is certain men, like with men in general, one thing I've noticed, men have a funny way of using certain things that women say against women. And in retrospect, y'all don't have to do all of that. Because, again, when I feel like women say niggas ain't shit, they talking about a specific brand of nigga. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm probably guilty of saying that sometimes because I mean, like, some of these niggas really ain't shit. Y'all getting on my nerves. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, I'll admit I'm guilty of it as well. I'm, but it's like I will vent to my sibling, like, hey, I'll be like, sis, some of these women ain't shit. Yeah. I will vent to her before I let social media find out, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> and because this is hard, it, it goes back to a certain brand of women is that we just know it ain't shit. And it's like, and it's certain, the ones that look at finances, them the ones that ain't shit. I'm just, that's what I think. Because I'm like, why are you so focused hard on my pockets? Because you don't know what could happen with this economy, which is why you shouldn't factor in finances unless you get married. Because it's like finances can change. It's like, but if, if you with me while I'm down, better believe I got you when I get to the top. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But my thing with finance is, finances do change. But I think a lot of women, when they look at finances, they're talking more so in hindsight to how men manage money. Because there can't, there are some men that have a lot of money, but bad money managers. There are some men that don't have as much money, but they're fairly good with like managing their money. So I think a lot of women just take that in hindsight. You know, it might be some women who like, you know, he needs to pay for this. He needs to do that. And that's cool, too, if that works for them. And they might have gotten so far with that mind frame. So you just got to let them be and know at the end of the day, I'm not going to do that. So she just going to have to move along and find somebody else. Exactly. And that's one thing. Because it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing stories about how women out here paying for things, women out here doing all this stuff. But I, my thing is like, you do for me and I do for you. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. It's it's a team effort. That's why I feel like because it got to be a team effort because I'm not about to put in all the work because sometimes when you put in all the work for the wrong per- for the for the wrong person, that person might may show you they ain't the right person. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people. That's one thing that they tend to overlook because I mean I've been guilty of that, like having subtle red flags and things pop up, just knowing things that I might not completely agree with, and then later on I'm like. Uh, you know, that should be my red flag there. And people have to take that into consideration. Like, once people start doing stuff that you really just know you don't like, snip it in the bud there, in the air. Don't let it blow up to something bigger. 
when in reality you already knew that compatibility was not there. Exactly. And also one thing I did learn is if it's about to blow up, you better better put up a fight, you know what I'm saying? Show the person you want to fight for it and try to make it work if they're worth it, you know what I'm saying? Because some people are worth fighting for, then some people aren't worth fighting for. So it's like people are I feel like people can be worth fighting for. However, people have to realize when you're in a relationship with somebody, even with friendships, you have to come to compromises with people. You know, you have to realize what's the middle ground. What is something that we're both going to agree with? Because a lot of times people come to people and they're trying to fight for the relationship, but they still not trying to change. So it's like, well, change behavior. So yeah, it's like, what do either one of us get out of this? Besides you probably getting your way. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's definitely crazy out here. Mm -hmm. So what you got planned for the rest of the year with your podcast? The rest of the year? Yeah, what what you got what you looking forward to with your podcast? Oh, so one thing that I am I'm speaking this into existence, I need an intern. So I'm working with a friend now who works um in education, trying to help me find a student intern who can possibly help with production, editing, audio, even booking guests trying to get like a lot of the social media in order, order, handling posting, creating like maybe a social media content calendar, things of that sort. Cause I'm just one person, you guys. I host a show by myself. I book the guests, I reach out, I type up the scripts for the episode. So it can be a lot. So I feel like right now that's my biggest thing. I would love to have an intern and just have somebody that can learn with me. Cause this has definitely been a learning process yeah. of getting yeah, equipment, doing everything. No, I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that. Um, being the one man band, it's like for um the first couple years of my podcast, I always had a co-host, but now it's just me always booking guests and find finding things to talk about. So I definitely feel you. I never considered the intern, but I may think about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just looking up, looking forward to us. It's just somebody to work with me. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm -hmm. like, so and I, I don't mind I'm, having somebody work with me. Um, I just know at least if I were to have a student at the educational institute that my friend works at, she could possibly help me create some sort of proposal. Because <laughs> actually, I work in communications as my day-to-day -day job. So I am familiar with, you know, even trying to teach the student a little more of those skills. Um, but she was like, you know, that could be a great learning opportunity for them because we have students that are interested in podcasting in mass media. Wow, that's what's up. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, lastly, why do people need to subscribe to your podcast? Come listen to me talk. I love my conversations. I love my guests. I feel like most people do too. Again, I get such great feedback about some of my episodes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even see how you got that out. That's what I was given. Like, that's what it, that's how it showed up in your life, in your space. And that's how you took it. So I enjoy that. I feel like, again, I'm trying my best to put out facts. You know, there are a lot of people who just get on podcasts and just talk, aka Joe Budden. Most people don't know what the hell he's talking about, can't relate to it. But come listen to people that you relate to in the aspect, you know? I definitely agree with you there because I try to do the same thing with liquor talk, you know what I'm saying? I definitely try to bring the topics that everybody can relate to. It's like, you said the best. I, I learned from Joe Budden, but I, 
about on show show formatting and stuff, but you know, some things. I, mean, I, I won't knock him for what he's doing. I just he does not seem like a pleasant person. So that's always been my deterrent from him. I've never listened to the show either. Yeah, but it is what it is. But I do thank you for coming on. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for coming on. And if you ever want me to be a guest again, you know what I'm saying, on a future episode, you just let me know. Because like I tell all my guests, I might be in Florida, but I'm just one DM away, you know. <laughs> gotcha. And thank you, the listener, for listening to this week's episode of Look and Talk. Um, I want to thank everybody for supporting. Um, homecoming. I'm coming home soon. Oh, bonus, bonus before I forget. What is one thing you want to ask the men? Because the next episode of Look and Talk is going to be a guys on the round where it's just going to be four black men just talking. So what do you, a black woman, want to know from the black men? Nothing. <laughs> Damn. She won't know nothing from us, fellas. God. Well, I don't I have I don't know. Where can, I don't know. I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you DM me. I'll let you, I'll let you DM me that. you think. (laughs) But ladies and gentlemen, this has been Look and Talk. Thank you for pulling it up with me. Until the next time we out this thing, enjoy the episodes. Remember to subscribe. Remember everything in life is temporary. So keep going, pour it up and just keep it moving. Until next time, we out this thing. Deuces, y'all.